our King and our God, we bless your holy name this morning. We worship you. And Father, we, your children, we've gathered this morning and we say we love you, God. Father, we love you, God. Who are we not to praise your name? Father, we thank you. We are grateful. And Father, we pray as we go into your word this morning, this afternoon, that Lord, you teach us your word. I yield myself as a verse, Father. Not my words, Father. Speak through me, I pray. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Please, you can have your seat. How many of us love God? How many people love God more than me? Fantastic. I love that. I can see everyone putting their hands up. I'm going to tell, share a story. So in December last year, we were having a retreat, um, the ministers and HOD, and we were fasting and praying. And I was just reflecting through the year 2021. And I was thinking, wow, God, you've been good to me. You've done a lot. And I busted into praises and, and, and thanksgiving and everything. And God spoke to me and said, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. But can he actually boast of things that I have done for him? And I was like, what, what can what can I do for you, God? I, I thought I was doing. And then God took me to the book of John 21, 15 to 17. And it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Which was a question I asked that everyone put their hands up. So this is to us, right? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And we all sang it, I love you so much. Fantastic. Verse 17, it says, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So I went, I was like, okay, lamb is the baby sheep. Okay, does that mean baby Christian and adult Christian? We should feed them. We should tend to the sheep and then feed the sheep. And I was like, but I'm not a pastor. That's the work of a pastor or, or leaders. And I said, okay, how can I feed or tend the sheep? Then the Lord took me to Matthew 25, 34 to 40. It's um, a parable. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, Matthew 25, 34 to 40, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? Verse 39, when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? 
The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then the Lord wrapped it up by telling me that most of the things that we were grateful for in 2021 is for our own benefit. And in this year, we need to please God. And I said, God, how can we please you? How can we please you? And he gave me three things, which is what I want to share with us this morning. Remember what Matthew 25, 40 says, as long as you have done this to the least of my children, you have done it to me. Now, the three things is for us to love more, give more, and pray more. Now, let's talk about the first one, loving more. How can we love more? How can we love more? Genuine love for people is key for us as children of God. If you think about the story of the Good Samaritan, Luke 10, 25 to 37, he was walking down the path and he saw someone down and he did not ignore that person. Out of genuine love, he looked at that person and decided to help that person. And we know how the story went or how he did not just treat the person at that moment. He took the person to an innkeeper. He said, look after the person. I will come back. He paid for it and he said, I will come back. You know, he did follow up. That's, I always like to use that word, follow up. He said, I will come back. We have to care genuinely for people. When someone walks up to you and tells you that I have an issue. Sorry, camera, I'm going to be moving around. So people at home, sorry about that. Now, when people come up to you and they tell you that, you know what, I've got this challenge. What is your take about that? Is it a consent to you that you love them so much that you want that thing, that challenge your brother and your sister are going through, you want that to become your own challenge? Just like the good Samaritan did, the other guy, the Levite, they came, they saw that and they said, they saw it. So you and I, we hear of people's story. We've heard it, but the Levite said, you know what? I've seen it, it's none of my business. When that brother, sister comes up to you and tell you, you know what? I'm looking for a job. It's, is it your business? Or you look at it and say, you know what? I cannot be bothered. When that person tells you, I'm not feeling too good, do you look at them and say, God bless you. It's none of my business. When that person tells you, I've been chased out of my house or, or my landlord is giving me issues, do you say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's none of my business. We don't say that verbally, but if you genuinely love people, you will actually stop like the good Samaritan and, and want to find out more. Okay, what can I do to help you? Do you want me to be in a place of prayer? I'm going to start praying for you because it's becoming my business. Many of us, when we wake up every single day, we cry unto God and we pray, God, as I go out, protect me because I don't want to have an accident because that car is your business, right? You pray for your children. God, as I go out, I don't want my children to have any issues in school because that's your business. But what about that brother and sister that Christ Jesus is telling us that, you know what, as long as you do this to the least of my brethren, you're doing it unto me. Are they your business? In this year, 2022, I know this is April, we need to start learning to love people. We need to check more on people. We need to be concerned. You know, one of the things I find painful in the church, when I say the church is not amazing grace, I'm talking about the body of Christ overall right now, is 
a lot of people want to get information. Some want to possibly gossip. Some just want to have it. I don't know where they are storing the information in, if they have this bag. But what do we do with the information we get? When someone tells you something, do you just want to have it so that when you're adjusting with another person, you can then begin to say that person said, or, or when you hear that story, your heart is moved and you're thinking, you know what, because this person is going through this issue, I am also going through that issue and I'm going to make it my own pain. Is that the attitude we have towards God? When I say God, because God's saying in his word that when we do this to the least of our brethren, we are doing it up, up unto him. The Bible says we should love our neighbor as ourselves. So I said in the morning, when you wake up and you're praying for yourself, that do you also pray for your neighbor? We need to love genuinely. When, you know, when you check up on people, how in your heart, are you doing it because it's a protocol, because you've been asked to do it, or because you genuinely love people that you want to find out how they are doing? And when you find out, what do you do with that information? Do you care so much that you check up on them afterwards? Someone says, I'm not feeling well. Oh, sorry. You probably post it on the prayer group and say, let's pray for this brother. Absolutely. Have you gone back to check up on that brother to find out if he's better? The good Samaritan did not just carry that guy and dump him at the innkeeper. He paid for it and said, guess what? I am coming back. So when you know someone is not, something is wrong with somebody, are you Yes, you do the first thing by showing concern, but what do you do afterwards? Do you come back and check up on them? Actually, the other day I heard about this. Um, how are you feeling? Um, the, uh, something happened last weekend, um, last Sunday in church, right? Um, one of our members, after service, they took, suddenly I saw them rushing out, and I was like, oh, I need the help of a daughter. And she said, Oh, yeah, I'm taking her to the hospital. I'm like, all right, fine, because I'm always busy after service. And she left. And as I was driving the bus and I was going, and the Holy Spirit was telling me that someone told you something, and it just sounded like, oh, yeah, that's your business. Yeah, you're taking your child to the hospital. Oh, all well and good. Now, I did not know what they were going to do. But guess what? No one that is fit, no one that is well, goes to the hospital for the fun of it. On a Sunday, after service, rushing. But guess what I did? It's none of my business. Happy days. I've got my work to do. When the Holy Spirit spoke to me later that evening, I thought, no, I need to check up. So I had to message the person. I said, sorry, you gave me an information. My response, now I didn't say this verbally, but my response was, I don't care. I've got my things to do. But genuinely, what's going on? Is that child okay? Now, the reason why I'm asking is not because... I just want to have it so I can text another person, guess what I heard? That person's child was not feeling too well in service. No, because I want to know, is there anything I can do? Do I need to start praying for that child as well? But thank God, it's not, don't worry, it's not anything scary. Or like, oh, no, 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 I was taking the child to go get the um, vaccine. Um, she's fine. And, and I was like, oh, thank God for that. But the message the Holy Spirit was telling me is not because that there was something wrong with the child, but because we need to show, we need to have that heart of compassion to our fellow brothers and sisters when we get information. And you can only do that if you love people genuinely. You can only do that when you love people genuinely. You must be interested in people's welfare. You know, what's going on with people. Let's not be gathering information and not do anything about it. I'll give another example. 
So um, last year, we all know, for people that are familiar with um, the old COVID story, and when um, the government was doing the Red List Country and the Amber and the likes. Now, I know someone that that person traveled overseas, and when they were going to come back was when their country, where they were, was put onto the Red List. And everyone was panicking, and there was story all over. And for me, if they put a country in red list, it's not the end of the world. But there is a huge financial impact, an emotional impact. You're not going to be able to come into the country to see your family. Even when you come, you have to isolate in these expensive hotels and everything. Unfortunately, that's where I work as well in terms of COVID. And I know how it feels. But it's the government. We have to obey them. But anyway, I knew the impact. And when I got that information, I knew that person traveled. I could have just said, guess what? It is what we are so. But you know what the Holy Spirit said? No, that's not what I'm teaching you. It's not for you to just get that information and say, hey, uh, I'm just talking to another person. I feel sorry for that person. No, we're going to see what the disciples of old, what they were doing when they get that kind of information. And you know what I did? I contacted the family and I said, you know what? I just heard this news. Is there any way I can support you? No matter how little, because I know that there is a financial impact. Some of you might say, oh yeah, maybe because you have money. Praise God. Thank God he has blessed me. But it's not the amount that I give that matters. It's the heart that is thinking about helping somebody. No matter how little it is, it's not because whatever I give will be a huge sum to the amount that person is going to um, eventually pay. But it's the fact that you are showing that, you know what, I just didn't hear about this thing, but I care so much about you that is there any way I can support? Is there any way you heard about that? Have you called the wife or the children to say, you know what, I know this might be a troubling time because of what the husband would have to go through coming back into the country. What can I do to help out, to even help until he comes in? That is compassion. That is true love. We need to love more unconditionally. You need to love people not because of what people have done for you, but because they are the children of God. God says, when you do this to the least of your brethren, you are doing it unto me. But for some of us, if God, if someone walks up through the door and we can see that it is God, he is God, sorry, immediately many of us will start, what can I serve you? What can I give you? Best chair. But if a stranger walks through that door, it's a case of ushers, please sort him out. And ushers will probably tell him, sorry, can you sit at the back? That's because we do not value ourselves. We do not value people to be God, to be like God. But God is telling us, when you do these things to the least of my brethren, you do it unto me. Okay, now let's talk about the second point. It said we should give more. And I was asking, give more. I know many people will probably think it's all about giving to church. No, it's not about, this is not church giving now. This is actually to one another. Many of us, based or due to culture or due to how we've been brought up, we've learned to only receive. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive, Acts 20, 35. I actually don't like receiving. I love to give. The reason why I don't like receiving, please, if God lives upon your heart to give me, please don't stop. I love cash gifts, you know. But the reason why I don't like to give is I just feel when you give me, I've been compelled to give back and I'm in debt of you. I, 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 I consciously, I'm always thinking, 
I have to pay that person back. But when I give you happy days, I am free. I'm not the one at the top. So if you like, give me. If you like, don't give me. But I know I don't owe you anything. But the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And Hebrews 13, 16 says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. They are pleasing to God. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The church gave in the book of Acts, can we see Acts 11, 27 to 30? Acts 11, 27 to 30. It says, during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. Verse 29, the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and so it did not say the disciples were on their knees and they prayed morning to night and fasted that that needs will be met. It says here that they sent as much. As, can we have that 2930, please? It says the disciples, as each one was able. You know what that means? If one was more wealthy, he probably gave more. One that was not wealthy will probably give less. But the key thing is they all gave as each one was able, decided to provide help. Now, um, like I was saying, I'm not sure if it's cultural, but people have got to that stage whereby they just want to collect from people. And I think about it, we know when we go to celebrate, we want, if one of us has a testimony or they want to celebrate something, what we're going to probably tell them is, fantastic, how do we wa wash this? Someone has just bought a new house. We're like, we're coming to visit you in your new house. You must cook. I'm going to eat. And I'm thinking, you know, while I was prepping that, that person just spent a huge amount of money to buy a house. And you are thinking, I need to take out of what is left. How does that work? Someone just bought a car. I'm like, wow, we go wash ammo. And I'm thinking, he just spent money. And what we were thinking is, you must, you must take from it. And because of things like this, it prevents even people sharing their testimony because they are scared. If I tell my share my testimony, my brethren are already thinking, you've landed. Now, how can I receive? I remember a few years ago when we bought our first house, right? And I was sharing with someone in Nigeria. And they said, wow, big boy, you know, I need your help. And I'm like, do you know what it means to buy a house? You've saved and what the church, our brethren, what we should be doing when we hear that sort of testimony is to ask, wow, fantastic. You know what? You just buy a car. This is a seed. I want to probably buy a car, but this is a seed. Use it to buy petrol in the first petrol you buy your car. Someone has um, bought a new house. You're going to go visit the person. Get a decorative item, something to decorate the house. Don't, if actually, you cook the food and take the food there. Let's celebrate together. Let the person, <laughs> praise the Lord. We need to move from the habit of receiving to giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. 
And I, I, I feel so pain because of that. I, like I said, people just want to keep eating off you. If they know God has done something for you, wow, that is a free place to receive. May God help us. You know, so we need to, and it comes from a genuine heart of compassion for people. Also, the information you hear. Now, I, I believe there are some information that you hear that all you can do is to go on your knees and possibly pray or to encourage the person. Fine. But there are some information that you and I will hear about our brethren, about the list of our brethren that Jesus mentioned, that, yes, it's good for you to encourage them, but guess what? That little, as you are able, give. Someone tells you, I just lost my job. Wow. Is there anything I can use to support you? Even if you don't even need to ask them, this is a seed. I, okay, now I'm not, I'm from Nigeria. I'm a Yoruba boy. I've been trying to pick some things about the culture. I've been told that when someone's, um, when someone has a baby, and this is cultural, when someone has a baby and the grandma comes to look after the child, that it's your friends and family, you're meant to give the grandma a gift. I don't know where that is, but my mom used to do that a lot. And she's of blessed memory. And I decided that, you know what? When I see grandmas come to visit, let's give. Like, it's, it's a seed. It's, it doesn't take anything off you. But I'm sure if the grandmas come and they bring gala and they bring sweet, we will all crowd at the back and it's free. We will take it. Yes, they've come from Nigeria. How are you? Yeah, it's good for you. But let's give. Go visit them. You know, take fruits. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, grandma. I know grandmas is not just fruits that you have. But please, don't take chocolate. But take fruits. Go visit. Welcome out. Hope the weather is fine. The weather, oh yeah, thank God the weather is better now. But even if it's in the cold, check up on them. Give them something. We need to learn to always give and not just to receive. Someone tells you, okay, now this does not pertain to everyone. Someone tells you, I'm about to apply for my visa. And um, for some of us, we know what it takes. Some of us were not born here. We know how much we paid to the HM, uh, to the government before we go our stay. Someone tells you, I'm trying to apply for our stay. You know, it's not cheap. You know what? I'll give you 50 quid towards that. I'll give you 100 quid towards that. As God bless, as you are able, I'll give you 1,000 towards that. There's no harm in you giving. It shows that you are concerned. But you know what? Easily, what we, the part that we always want to do is the part of, I will pray for you because we know it's free. But guess what? When are we going to start blessing people as well? So give. I'm conscious of time, so I'm going to move. The last one, pray. God said, we need to pray more. And I said, oh, but God, we're praying. We meet on Fridays. We meet on Thursday. We pray on Sundays. You know, we're always praying and we're fasting. And God said, no, you need to pray for others. When someone tells you something, does he, if you are compassionate, if you are concerned about that person, you will pray, you go on your knees for that person. And like I said, when you wake up in the morning, I'm not in your house. I don't know what your prayer altar, what it is like. But if you look at your prayer points that you do every single day, how many other people are inside of that? When someone gives information, does it 
prick your heart that you're like, you know what? I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I'm not going to rest until that prayer is answered. Every single day, I'm going to be interceding for you. That is true compassion. I remember a few years ago, there, was, there is a family that they were trying to sort out their visa stay. And when I heard and I said, I can imagine the pain that they'll be going through because every single day, things, they cannot do what they want to do. And I said, every morning, I will stand in the gap for these people. They don't have to know. That shows, I'm not, I'm carrying, I'm broadcasting, I'm praying for you so that you can come back when you cook pepper soup, you come and give it to me. No, I don't need that. But because I'm concerned that your welfare is my welfare because the Bible says, if I do it to the least of my brethren, I'm doing it unto God. So I decided that I will stand in the gap every single day that God, these people, they must receive, that this situation must be resolved. And guess what? When it was resolved, you could, I cried. Because I, when I said I cried, literally, I know some of you think I don't cry. Yes, I don't cry. But this one, I cried. Because I felt it that God, you answered a prayer. It wasn't, now, this prayer wasn't a week. It wasn't a month. It wasn't a year. And every single day, I made it my commitment. Some of us, when we come on Sundays or Fridays, and they say, let's pray for some people that they are trying to, um, they're single. Let's pray for them. We don't remember to pray until someone raises the prayer point on Sunday. And after that, it's all over. But you know what? When you have your own prayer altar, make it your point because these are the list of your brethren. And when you do it to them, you do it unto God. Make it your point that, you know what? Every single day, I will stand in the gap. It's someone looking for children. When I pray in the morning, I, I, I follow a particular pattern. There are people that are, looking, that, that are waiting to get married. There are people that are looking for children. There are people that they are looking for breakthrough. Because guess what? I pray for all those people before I even think about myself. And when it's time for me to pray for myself, I say, God, guide me. Like, I don't know what to pray for me. I feel I receive more joy in interceding for other people. And that's where we need to be. That it's not about you and I. It's about others as well. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not saying don't pray for yourself. Please pray for yourself. But how many of us can fast and pray for other people? I know of us will take other people's pain and believe that is my pain as well. We need to get to that state. Let's look at what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 12, 23. It says, and moreover, as for me, this is Samuel speaking, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in season to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Now, this is when the um, Israelite asked for a leader and he was going to do it. But he says that the prophet is saying that, you know what, I'm going to keep praying for you guys. I will not cease to pray for you. In Colossians 1.9, for this reason, Colossians 1.9, since the day we heard about it, they had an information. And they said, we have not stopped praying for you. When you hear an information, do you go on your knees? When someone posted that, guess what? Ukraine and um, Russia and and you do like, oh, yeah, it is well with us. I feel so sorry for those people in Ukraine. And then that's the end of it. When you watch the news and you see something comes up, does it prick your heart that you're thinking, I need to stand in the gap? Okay, now let's say maybe that's generic. And some of you are like, how many things all over the world do I want to pray for? That shows our level of compassion. Some of us, we have a brother heart. Not some of us. Some people, because I'm also guilty, have a good and big heart that they can pray for the whole world. Okay, let's start gradually. 
even for the ones around you that you receive information, do you pray about it on a, on a daily basis? The disciple says that for this reason, since the day we heard about it, they heard about something going on, we have not stopped praying for you. Ephesians 1.15 to 16 says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. You and I, how many people do we remember in our prayers on a daily basis? How many people are we genuinely concerned about that we pray and intercede for them on a daily basis? And I spoke where God told me this. I said, you know what, God, 2022, I'm going to love more. It's not because of what that person has done for me that will make me love them. But you have said, if I love the least of my brethren, I'm loving God. So I'm going to love more. There are people that will do things to you that you're not pleased with. There are people that will say things to you that you're not happy with. But guess what? Love conquers all. Love them genuinely unconditionally. Don't love them because of what they give you. Don't love them because they are related to you. Love them because you love God. And I also say, God, I'm going to give more. I am not carried away by material things or riches or the money marker. If I see a need, I'm ready to give. I'm ready to support. I'm going to give more. Because the more I give, I know the more that's going to come back to me. It's a law. It's not me. It's sitam and abet. It cannot cease. And lastly, I said, God, I'm going to pray more. If you want me to pray for you, if you want me to add you to my prayer point, please tell me. I'll just add you there daily. I will keep praying for you. How many of us are going to commit ourselves today and say, God, I'm going to love more. I'm going to give more and I'm going to pray more. Praise the Lord. Church, I just want us to close our eyes this afternoon. And I want you to speak to God and make a commitment to God. Yes, some of us are already doing these fantastic things. Some of us are already out there loving people, praying for people, even giving to people. But for some of us, we may not have been doing it or not as much as we need to. But I want you to speak to God and say, Father, I want to love people more. Give me the grace to be able to love more, to give more. To be more passionate, to more compassion, to have more compassion towards people. I yield myself, Lord. That a good Samaritan did not just walk over and pass over. He stopped because he cared for that person. He did not know the person from Adam, but he loved the person so much that that person's pain was his own pain. Father, make me compassionate towards my brethren. The disciples, when they hear of a story, they keep praying. If it needs for them to give, they kept giving. Father, make me compassionate towards my brethren. Make me compassionate towards humans. And the grace to give, Lord, release unto me. For in Jesus' name we are afraid. Everlasting Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. Daddy, we give you all the glory because you are the almighty God. At the start of the message, we all sang that we love you. We love you. We love you. And Lord, you've told us that if we love you, we should love our neighbors. The grace to love our neighbors genuinely. To love so much that we will care for them. That we will develop compassion for them. 
that will give more to them and will pray more for them. Father, we ask for the grace today. Let it be released upon your children in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that Lord Almighty, you keep on using us for your glory, Lord. This we ask and pray, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.